All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 34 of the Kill Your Internet podcast. With you, as always, is your boy, Colin. And with us today is Mr. Ken Bianco. Kenny, how are we doing today, buddy? Doing good. Back in the saddle. Back in the saddle. Uh, we are without Roast Malone tonight, but he will be back for episodes later this week. Uh, Ken, you know what? I came in here in an excellent, or I was in an excellent mood earlier. I've been recording all day. I've been running around doing a bunch of work. And I was about to come in here and just talk nothing but positivity. You know, things are starting to semi get back to normal. We got music out, streaming like crazy. We got all this good stuff going on. And then the Sixers played. And now, honestly, I, I, uh, why, I, I tweeted out the Jean-Claude Van Damme gif again. Uh, the, I always tweet back, Sixers are back, and then it's him punching the dude <laughs> in the nuts. By the way, oh, my Lord, speaking of a positive, Mr. Ken Jose's back on Twitter. I'm back. Oh, my back God. Back in the on Twitter. People do not know the joy that Ken brings to people on Twitter. Ken is in, oh, first off, explain your first tweet back. <laughs> it was just a gif of Vince McMahon strutting out from the WWE. Ken, I might only try to tweet in um, Old school wrestling gifts. <laughs> I saw that. It was amazing. So follow Ken underscore Jose on Twitter. Yeah, if you didn't know Ken back in the college days, his his mainstay moments of uh, Twitter, my man's a god. My man's a Twitter god. I feel like I'm like extra level of Twitter now because I deleted it. And oh now yeah, I'm coming back twice. You should have done the Undertaker gif. Rising oh <laughs> man, maybe I'll delete it again and come back in. Yeah, 30 yeah, days. just do that. Just every time you have a good idea, delete delete your Twitter again. That's yeah, a good idea. True. Uh, well, welcome back to hell. Twitter is nothing but a, a steaming hellscape. So welcome back. Hope you're ready to argue. Yeah, I actually have a crazy thing for the internet today. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Save it. Uh, so Ken can finally... The funny thing is we always do uh, the wildest shit that we've seen on the internet, and Ken never has anything to add because he's not on Twitter. Ken is finally back on Twitter. can see all the crazy shit on the <laughs> internet. can see now. all the crazy Very shit excited. on the internet. Uh, but no, you know what? I'm going to fight through my Sixers anxiety. They real 17 turnovers, th- 14 in the first half. And you know what? I wasn't even planning on talking about sports that much today. And now look where I am already. I'm, I'm I mean, I could have told you that they were just going to get a lead. Shit the bed. It, and then, yep. That's yeah, Sixers that's what basketball. they do. Yeah, that, welcome to Sixers basketball. Um, but other than that, dude, you know what? I am going to start with positivity. Zeros is streaming like crazy. I'm so happy. It's so gratifying when you put out music and sometimes you put out something and it doesn't react the way you think it's going to react. This has. Uh, I've never seen this many streams on anything we've done this quickly. It's it's unbelievable. So thank you to everybody who streamed or shared or re- played it on the radio, added it to playlist, all that nonsense. Uh, we have a, a great conversation at the end of this podcast with Katie Feeney from the band You Do You. And I, t- I said to her, I was really happy because I felt like a lot of our guests recently have been from outside of Philadelphia. And this is bringing it back to, to our friends and someone that we met. I actually met through the Internet. Uh, I tell the story about I actually heard one of their songs on XPN and I just found them on Instagram and DM'd them and I was like this is fucking amazing like I, I just wanted to let you know that I had no ulterior motives I was just like this is amazing she has an amazing voice and I've actually talked to her about singing on the second part of the record which by the way I just want to bring that up my fo- it's funny how like quick my focus shifts from like we were like zero zero zeros and now I'm like okay we can push zeros but segue <laughs> segue uh into into finishing up the second part of the record which by the way it's it's mostly done we have we have one thing left we want to do uh and then trace has to sign off on eric solo for the one song so (laughs) that's a whole other story for another day so just expect to be seeing more music it's a rule that i've made we will no longer wait around for anybody we're dropping shit left and right and left and right up and down Tom Petty said, waiting is the hardest part. Well, right the now. waiting is the We're hardest done, part. done, Tom. 
You're you done, Tom. You're done, son. <laughs> Actually, rest in peace, Tom Petty. You're, you're the good. Um, yeah, so let, let's jump into the wildest shit that we've seen on the internet. Ken, I'll do one, and then I want you to do your, your surprise okay, pick here. Yeah. Uh, so You might have seen it. So Well, um, I just want to start off by saying, I, I don't know how it always comes back to Kanye, but it always comes back to Kanye. And... Uh, I mean, my man congratulated Kamala Harris last week and then said, uh, I'm excited to be running against you. This is not the wildest shit that I've seen later today, but I just wanted to bring that up. That Kanye's a wild card and whatever is you know going to happen is going to happen. But uh, today he tweeted out uh, a great foe of ours, TikTok. He, <laughs> he tweeted out this phrase. He said, I just found out about TikTok and I was looking on my daughter's phone and I think that I should have been something called Jesus Talk. So I, I went on Twitter today, and the first thing trending was Jesus Talk. And I was like, I don't know what this means, but I need to click this. And uh, so Kanye's thinking about making a Christian version of TikTok. And could it get worse? I guess. I don't know. I it's would like to see a beta version of Jesus Talk. <laughs> That sounds interesting. It has one user, and it's Kanye. <laughs> it's just Kanye dancing into into the camera. I don't know. I uh, look, man. I've said it before. TikTok kids, I want no problems. Please don't come at me. It's same thing with K-pop people. I support you 100. percent Please don't torch me. Um, but I I I don't participate in TikTok because I couldn't look myself in the mirror if I was dancing into my phone all day. Also, if my wife walked into the room when I was dancing into my phone to music. I don't think she'd ever look at me again. I think maybe. Yeah, maybe, I don't think Dana would let that. Fly. Maybe it's a Northeast Philly thing to where I don't think I could ever like. <laughs> I don't think I could walk into a bar in Northeast Philly ever again and people be like, "Yo, Bodney, I seen what you did. <laughs> 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 I seen your TikToks, dude. Get out." <laughs> uh, so yeah, Jesus Talk was the number one trending topic on Twitter today. So that was interesting. Uh, Ken, hit me with your uh, wildest shit. So you seen it's not necessarily wild, but I was just like, "Oh, good to be back on Twitter." <laughs> Some bad sports takes. Um, oh, here you know, we go. Elliot Shore Parks. I know. Eli- did you see oh, that Oh, I did see this. Please, please continue. So I'll quote it. So he's talking about how he couldn't score a goal in hockey, professional hockey. Yeah. But he starts off with, I could maybe score a touchdown. <laughs> I could luck into a home run. I could probably get two points in an NBA game. I could play hundreds of games of hockey and never, ever score a goal. It looks impossible. First off, Elliot Shore Parks, I've seen you, dog. You can't score a basket in the NBA. <laughs> Second off, do you know what the hardest thing to do in professional sports is? Hit a baseball. You think you're going to well, walk well, into what, a home run? You forgot about luck. He has, I guess, a lot of luck. Well, I, so people were arguing with him. It, that was a ratio. He got ratioed <laughs> hard. First off, they were like, dude, you can't, you can't hit a home run. He's like, dude, listen. If I lucked into one once, maybe. Couldn't you say the same thing about scoring a goal? You That's what I'm saying. Scoring a goal. You can get hit by a puck and a go in the net. Uh, the goalie could slip. Anything. Listen. I could fucking be president of the United States, you know, if I got lucky. I don't know. Like it's just like in real life, I could say like, "Oh, listen, I can never score a goal in the NHL." But that's like this is Twitter. We have to make it a little Twitter. Oh, it's gotta be. It, it's gotta be hot take. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, dude. Fucking. First off, what would be the hardest of those? To score a basket in the NBA, score a touchdown, hit a home run, or or I score going on? Hit a home run. Hit a home run, dude. First off, played college baseball. I was all city in Philadelphia. I couldn't hit a home run in college. If I can't do that shit, Elliot Shore Parks, what makes you think you're going to walk in and just be like, you know what? Feeling lucky today. Yeah, throw, throw that 101 down the middle and let's see what I can do here. I fucking love Twitter sports people. They're so goddamn dumb. <laughs> Although, you know what? You do a great job covering the Eagles. So, Elliot Shore Parks, congratulations. I don't know. Do fuck, I just had to burn you on that, though. Yeah, I, it's, I'm glad you brought I'm so glad to have Ken on, on the wildest shit now. Um, I'm going to go for my second one. Now, this literally is us living in a simulation. 
Joe Biden had basically like a little town hall conference with Cardi B to talk about policy and his plans. Look, Cardi B gets talked about a lot in this episode between me and Katie, and she just has the number one song in the world right now. I, why Why are Cardi B and Joe Biden the ones debating politics? Like, I don't, like, shouldn't we be fucking, are we in a simulation? What's going, this is exactly the Dave Chappelle thing that he predicted like 20 years ago. He said, at what point are motherfuckers going to be asking, what would Ja Rule do in this situation? It's just like idiocracy with, um. It, Terry Crews. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, shit's fucked up right now. Look, once again, I'm not saying Cardi B doesn't know what she's talking about, but I know what I, I know what I'm talking about, and you know I I don't think that I would ever be like you know what I should do talk to Joe Biden about this. Yeah, I don't think just because it's kind of what a lot of people have problems with politics, or just because you're that big of a star, yeah, doesn't mean you should necessarily have, you know, you feel to voice your opinion as much as anyone. If else I might. told you in February of 2020 that in August of 2020, Cardi B and Joe Biden will be discussing his politics against Kanye West is somebody running against him. Wouldn't we all probably opt to go in the other direction and just say we should probably stop the year here? I, I don't know, man. It, it, look, it's good optics for Joe Biden to be getting a conversation with one of the biggest stars in the world, but I don't... What what are we doing? Yeah, and I just hate because politicians think, like, because I'll get Cardi B now, because people like Cardi B, therefore they will... They're going to like me! So I just hate that. <laughs> Oh, fuck politics, man. Fuck politics, dude. I'm done with this shit. Uh, I just thought that was hilarious. Once again, this is not the shit on Cardi B. I just don't understand. Why do people think that celebrities have any idea what they're talking about politically? And more than anything, do you think Joe Biden was like, you know what would be a great idea? We should probably talk to Cardi B. It was definitely like a, like a 19-year-old intern who was like, listen here, Joe. I got an idea. We're going to get Cardi on here. <laughs> We're going to talk WAP. We're going to be talking politics. It's going to be great. I don't love the optics thing. I don't love like the idea of like association like that. It's it's weird to me. Like even I'm the biggest Bruce Springsteen in the fan in the world, but he's like a like a campaign trail guy. Also, Kid Rock, also a campaign trail guy. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? I don't know. It's 2020. Anything's possible. Uh, let's go into our next thing here. Oh, uh, <laughs> this goes back into the WAP thing. Did you see the Ben Shapiro thing? No. First off, I say it later in the interview. Ben Shapiro, fight me. I. I don't appreciate someone who uses linguistics as an ability to try and think that they're intellectually superior. By the way, that's exactly what I just did with that sentence. Um, but he was basically, like, disgusted by the Have you heard the Cardi B song? I know what it's about. I haven't listened to it. Yeah, but. so I'm not even going to go into what the acronym stands for because Katie, Katie covers that later in this, <laughs> in this episode. She goes into great detail about what the song's about. But to me, he, like, reads the lyrics, and it he, like, went out of his way to try and, like, like stunt on Cardi B and, and Megan the Stallion and be like, listen how disgusting this song is. And instead what it became was he became a meme because instead of saying what the actual name of the song is, he calls it wet a P word. <laughs> and oh he's so he kept getting like people like chopping it up over the beat and he actually reads the lyrics out. It is so funny. You corny bastard Ben Shapiro. I would I would buy a locker. Go to his house. <laughs> I would love Knock to shove Ben Shapiro in a locker, dude. There's a lot of people I would love to shove in a locker. Ben Shapiro, you'd be the first. In, in our high school, Especially Sean Kovacs used to do this to me all the time, my buddy Sean. If you were in your locker, somebody would walk by and smack you in the back of the neck and go, yo, how loud's your neck, dude? <laughs> and Kovacs always used to walk up behind me, and I would have my books like, getting it out. Now, granted, this is my friend. And he would go, what? 
And he'd go, yo, bald knee, how loud your neck, dude? So, yeah, that bench bureau, I'm giving you a wet willy, a wedgie. I'm going to see how loud your neck is, and then I'm locking your locker. That's off, who ca- if the song is vulgar, then it's not like it's being blasted on the streets for all to hear. Just also, parents don't let your kids listen to the song. Or also, song. I love Future. I once heard Future use the phrase, I'm going to stick my thumb in her butt. Listen. It's music, dude. It gets a little weird sometimes. I don't know. Generation grew up on the bad touch. Exactly. (laughs) I was going to say, like, as if the Bloodhound Gang shouts at Philadelphia uh, wasn't dirty enough. But I don't know, dude. Just let people do what they're going to do. It's music. It's expression. It can't be wrong. Uh, And the last thing on here, cancel culture added again. Guys, they got Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan has been canceled oh, retroactively. No. First off, how will we get by? I don't know. I thought Genghis Khan got canceled a very long time ago for the murder of basically like a third of the population of the earth. Uh, I don't know. Good job, guys. I'm glad that we can no longer associate ourselves with Genghis Khan. It's <laughs> a little bit more brighter tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was going to wake up tomorrow and be like, yo, like as if somebody was going through Genghis what Khan's can- Twitter from 10 years ago. What did like, they cancel one for? Murders and such. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God, Twitter! You got him, dude. You got Genghis Khan. He's over, son. He's done. He'll never rule again. What are we gonna do? The Mongolians are currently just having a bad week. I guess where there are a lot of people out there who are like, you know, that <laughs> Genghis Khan, he was kind of right. Like, yeah, as, as if there's a group of people who are out here like Genghis Khan had it right. <laughs> if Genghis Khan was running this country, uh, all right. So let's move into what the fuck we've been listening to. Uh, Ken, I'm gonna start it out. Drake doesn't miss, dude. Drake back again. By the way, did you hear the title for Drake's new album? No. Certified Lover Boy is the name of the album. He doesn't miss, Ken. <laughs> you can't. How do you, how do you have an album called Certified Lover Boy? You can't miss. Uh, he has a new song out called Laugh Now, Cry Later with uh, Lil Durk. By the way, shout out to Durk. He's been just keeping it, keeping it moving for years now. Never changed, never sold his soul. So shouts out to Lil Dirk. Song's great. It's just another Drake banger. Uh, he filmed the entire video at the Nike headquarters, and it's basically one long Nike commercial. Wait, did you see that? I saw the clip of the video. I was going to send it to you on Twitter. Um, it's like him doing running the route. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, burn off the line. <laughs> it's like a stupid shimmy. Uh, and Odell Beckham Jr. is in it. Uh, Kevin Durant's in it. The song's hot. I can't lie. Um, so my first pick is the new Drake song. Okay, so my first pick, I'm going to go. So did you see they're releasing like a 20th anniversary of Hybrid Theory for Linkin Park? I did see that something came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What There's was that? There's a new song, She Cut and I, which apparently I think is one of the first songs Shinoda and Chester Bennington worked on together. Oh, that's really cool. Remastered. It's really good. It's much more, I thought it'd be more aggressive, but yeah. it was much more subdued and actually a very different sound than the rest of that album. But I, I always say like Linkin Park went right over my head when I was a kid, and I think it's because I was so obsessed with like... Um, like classic rock, my mm-hmm. dad. But then when like the, I guess it was like the new metal phase, and then emo music and rap were like, like coming. Uh, where I had my choice of what road to go down. I was like, I'm not angry, so I'm gonna go past like a park, <laughs> and I went right for rap. So, but I do respect the holy hell out of Chester Chester Bennington and uh, Mike Shinoda. and Mike Shinoda. Dude, Mike, Sh- we wouldn't have JJ Watt without Mike Shinoda. <laughs> this is very true. He um, got remember out of bed the every name, morning. dude. Uh, no. Um, I'm ex- I'm actually excited to hear that because I I would like to hear more music from those guys. Uh, my second pick, shout out to Philadelphia. I shouted these guys out on the last episode. War on Drugs. Uh, the Rolling Stones just released an old unreleased song called Scarlet, and somehow the War on Drugs now have a version. It's it's the Rolling Stones and the War on Drugs. Oh really? It's awesome. 
It's basically the song with the War on Drugs drums. It's so good. But who would have thought that a band that was playing Johnny Brenda's 10 years ago is now doing collaborations with the Rolling Stones? Yeah, that's crazy. I, I said, you're watching classic rock get made in front of you with the War on Drugs. They're going to be a band that's going to be talked about in 20 years because it's just so good. So shout out to Adam, Adam Grant Duciel and uh, the rest of the War on Drugs. Uh, Ken, what's your second? So my second, I'm going to go with a throwback from Ooh. one of my... More favorite hip hop groups from back in the day, Jurassic Five. Oh, let's go! Song "Work It Out" with Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews, man, hell yeah! Great song. I feel great like it's song. a great song for the times. Yeah, you, you know, it's, it's chill. Work, it's laid back. Out. Yeah, just yeah. gotta work it out. <laughs> Ken's back on Twitter and now. He's seeing the competitive nature of 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 the rest of the world. And he's and like, "Hey, man, we just gotta work it it's out." It's funny because the music video for that is all about like anti Bush and Cheney. Yeah, and it's like you thought <laughs> thought it was bad then. <laughs> Gonna get a lot worse. Dude, it's really funny, like, because we grew up in the Bush and Cheney years, and it's like, like, I meant, like, you don't realize how combative it was back then, but, like, it was because it was all, like, anti war rallies and shit like that. And then now it's like, hold my beer. <laughs> we got this now. Uh, dude, imagine if there was Twitter back then. Imagine George W. Bush on Twitter. Well, that's why it's not like that because there wasn't a Twitter yeah. and no social media, though. But, like, I never took George W. Bush as a bad guy, but he was a. I mean, he's got nothing on the president we have now, but like he was a foot in his mouth kind of a guy. Yeah. I mean, he gets sampled in hip hop songs. He got sampled in that J. Cole song where he goes, uh, "Fool me once, shame on, shame on you. <laughs> Fool me twice, you can't get fooled again." <laughs> so that's 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 uh, President Bush. But yeah, no, uh, "Work It Out's a great song, dude. Yeah. Uh, for my third pick, I am on a huge Foo Fighters kick. Oh, uh, and I want to give a shout out to, to Pat Finnerty. If you did, you see this story? Uh, yeah, I to saw Pat Finnerty, mm-hmm. he runs um, live band karaoke at Johnny Brenda's, but he also he plays in the band with Son Little, uh, who's from Philadelphia. But uh, he's been doing this thing called the Pat Finnerty Show, where he's just been like on Instagram, like doing it was basically like a talk show kind of. But like he also has been playing live shows on top of Johnny Brenda's, and uh, he had members of like Doctor Dog up there with him, which was really dope. But uh, he he did this thing called the Grolathon, where he just wanted to get. Dave Grohl on to his show and he said he was going to stay on for 24 hours until Dave Grohl came on <laughs> and he had like a bunch of like people call in and stuff like that and then nine hours in all of a sudden he gets somebody join his call and it's somebody playing the drums and you don't see who it is at first and then all of a sudden like the the um the phone is on top of the snare and all of a sudden you see Dave Grohl's face come over the <laughs> phone and it was Dave Grohl and like all Pat wanted the whole point of this was to have Dave Grohl just sing the, the Sting's parts to, to Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Yeah. The, <laughs> and Dave Grohl was like, dude, you've been doing this this whole goddamn time to get me to do that. <laughs> and Dave Grohl did it. He was awesome. Um, That's why but Dave Grohl's the best, because he would actually do He would do that. He's he's going to be he – will, he will be president one day. Actually, I don't think he'd want to do that, but nah, like, I, Dave Grohl's a man. Um, but I picked Gimme Stitches uh, from that, that third record. Uh, which was the three-piece record with Aurora and everything. Great fucking song. Foo Fighters are the best band in the last 25 years, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. um, that's my pick for my third pick. Ken, what's yours? My last one is going to be a U2 song. The my U2 kick is my favorite U2 song, um, Electrical Storm. So it's the William Orbit mix. I think it's found on one of their greatest hits albums. No shit. Absolutely amazing. Deep cut, Ken. Let's go. Great guitar. Just like, just go listen to it. I can't even. I love it. Kenny B going with the deep cut from you too. Pound that, dude. I'm talking about. Uh, all right, so let's go into our coronavirus coronavirus survival guide before we get to Katie Feeney. Uh, I thought this would be a good one because we, we last week we did uh, what was it historical figures I'd like to drink a beer with. 
this one, I thought we'd get a little more serious. And uh, I, I, Katie actually joins in on this in her part of the interview. But uh, I picked three albums that changed your life. And I'm not talking about your favorite albums. I'm talking about albums at different points in your life that changed your trajectory as a musician or just as a human being. Um, and for me, like, I, I don't have a Bruce Springsteen album in my top three, mm-hmm. which is weird. But, like, he's been so ubiquitous throughout my life. Like, I don't consider... And I didn't grow up in that time period, yeah. so it's different. Um, so, I'm not saying these are my favorite records, but they're ones that influenced throughout my life. Um, so, I'll go, then Ken will go, then we'll go back and forth. Uh, my number one, and I, I'm going to go with, like, sequentially throughout my life. So, as a kid, Kanye West College Dropout changed my life. And I, I mean this from the perspective of I, grew, I did not grow up with rap. Um, but I found it in probably second or third grade because it wasn't like my dad didn't listen to hip hop. Um, and he was very much like blues, classic rock. And this is what we're going to listen to in this house. Uh, and Sinatra for my mom. Um, and then the college dropout happened. And I don't know what it was about it, but it introduced me to this entire different world of like one soul samples. It introduced me to Otis mm-hmm. Redding and it introduced me to a lot of different soul um, but there was something about Kanye that was just somehow relatable to everybody at that point. And the college dropout absolutely changed my life from the perspective of just thinking about music in a different way and the way Kanye used voices as part of the beats. And I mean, Kanye introduced me to the rest of the rap world. So I think that's why even with all the crazy stuff that Kanye does, I'll always have this kind of soft spot and this kind of like defensive nature about me for him because I mean, oh, I could have picked any Kanye record, but that one specifically for that period of time in my life completely changed my life. So uh, the first one as a kid, college dropout, Kanye West. Yeah, so my first one's kind of going to be in that similar vein. Okay. It was the first album I ever got. It was Beastie Boys, Hello Nasty. Ooh, good pick. So I remember it as vivid as a day. I was either going to get the Beastie Boys, Hello Nasty, or the new Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> yeah. And just talking about a trajectory on where, like, I'm like, what oh, if I got the Goo Goo Dolls yeah, record? what would happen? Well, you know, Kanye, that was the first time I ever bought my own money. Yeah. On the same day I bought College Dropout and Bruce Springsteen's Greatest Hits, I got it with money I got for my birthday. That's really fucking weird that that could have just diverted your whole yeah, life. and the Beastie Boys were my first musical act that I became obsessed with. I bought License to Ill, Paul's Boutique. I could probably... Paul's Boutique is such every a album. song I know, every lyric... And they were just where it started for me. That so was I another bonding band for us because you college. knew again. I remember because uh, Hot Sauce Committee Part One came yeah, out when we were dropping. in college, mm-hmm. and we like that we bonded over that. Yep. So, damn, Ken, you could have been a totally different human being. Goo Dolls. Like trying to imagine Goo Dolls Ken. Yo, there's an alternate timeline out there where that happened with Goo Dolls Ken. Um, my second pick. Um, now I'm gonna go. This is freshman year of college, Colin. Um, and Ken, this is another bonding moment for me and Ken. Um, and once again, these aren't the most well-known albums, and it really doesn't matter. It's really like what happened in your life at this specific point. Uh, Fixing to Die by G-Love. Great album. Because I was, I, you know, G-Love's a hometown hero. He's a Philly guy and uh, was a blend of hip-hop and, and blues and rock and all that. But then this was at a point in time where I had started writing music, and I needed to decide what I was going to do, and it was kind of like, who am I going to be? Am I going to be someone who tries to make something for other people, or am I going to do what's inside my own heart? And uh, Fixing to Die was G-Love's return back to his roots, and it's an album of some older blues covers, plus stuff that he was writing that was more acoustic and more driven towards what he really loved and making this for him. Yeah. And uh, I also want to give a shout-out to Jack Johnson because he encouraged G-Love to do that. He said, make something that is uniquely you. It's what you do. And I remember very specifically hearing the teaser on YouTube for Fixing to Die, and the Ava Brothers produced this. And I said, holy fuck, 
this is what I want to do. Like I, I just I want to make shit that means something to me. And I like I'll always love and I mean I've gotten to tell G Love that like a few times we had conversations through Instagram, um, through DMs, which made your stunt, you know, he follows us and shit, you know, <laughs> what it is what it is. Uh but I, I got to tell him, like, you don't know how much that record meant to me. And um That's the one they did in the church. Right? He did in the church with the, the Ava brothers in, in North Carolina and they produced that together and uh it just I mean I'll all I could spin that front to back, but it was more of like a uh um I don't know, a check for me where I was like, Okay, there's no fake shit here. Do what you do. And uh, it, it helped point me in the direction that we ever went in. So, shouts out nice. to G-Love. Fixing and die. So, my second one is going to be Sublime 40 Ounces. There we go. Kind of knew that was coming. Yeah. Um, just because that came to me right in high school, as most people listen to Sublime oh, in high school. <laughs> but, like, they were the band for me for reggae rock, that whole scene. I yeah. got into them. And then from then, you find out about 311. From then, you find out about Slightly Stupid. Yeah. Hey, there's this guy named G-Love who's on the Slightly Stupid song. And you find but, out, and, and then it's just... Sublime is also... It was, for some reason, like, a gateway into the rest of that world. Yeah. Like, for some reason... I think it's because of what I got was such a hit. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was like... They crossed over, so then it was like I found out about the Expendables there. Expendables. And, you know, you find out about all these bands through that. And Dirty I mean, Heads, Pepper, just all exactly. these bands. Exactly, that damn, that's that. a really good pick. That actually makes a lot of sense. Like knowing, and also I'm a bass player. If you listen to Forty Ounces and House, Eric Ricks, Wilson, let's go. <laughs> the bass is just so upfront. It's kind of hard not to want to play bass after listening. Ken's to ultimate that. goal in life is to one day look like Eric Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna die at a young age. Oh, oh God! All right. Um. So my third pick, my final pick. Um, once again, I'm going step by step here. So these are different points in life. Uh, I'm going to pick uh, Southeastern by Jason Isbell. Oh, okay. uh, and so I picked this for the, the period of time in my life. Once again, this I the first time I heard this record uh, was 23. And it had just come out. And I was flying back from Nashville. It was one of my first times down there. I was by myself. You guys had gone home already, and I stayed. Yeah. And uh, this was another point where we had just started getting our foot in the door in the industry and writing songs and and getting into like a bigger city like Nashville to write songs and I was once again feeling the pressure of like do I kind of change what I do or do I figure out a way to like bring what I've experienced and like what I like into more of my music and then I Robin Davis who was our first label owner told Mm -hmm. me listen to Southeastern by Jason Isbell and it was after a really hard writing session where I didn't really know what I was doing and I was kind of caught between two ideas and I listened to that record on the plane and it's so autobiographical, and it's so well written, and I cried. I and once again, I I don't want to sound like I'm an overly emotional dude here, but I cried. It's it's a very real story about this dude's life and his struggles with addiction, and then his coming out the other side. And I must have looked like a lunatic on the plane, but I did. And um, yeah, that record will always mean a lot. Jason's obviously had a lot of success since then, and uh, yeah, I don't know that that record gets me emotional, man. And it really once again pointed me back in another direction to say. Write your experiences. Don't try and be too much. Write your experiences. Try and fucking put your thoughts into it. And it's really led me in another direction as a songwriter. So that's another one at a stage of my life that changed my life. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well said, Colin. My last one's going to be, and this was like on the whim. I was trying to think of it coming on the way down here because he told me at like <laughs> 6 o'clock. Yeah, Ken had been texting me all day <laughs> saying, yo, you got that rundown for the podcast tonight? Yeah, you got that rundown for the podcast tonight? And I'm in here recording something that I can't talk about legally. Um, and I was like, oh, shit, yeah. Uh, pick three albums that change your life. So what is it? So I'm going to go 
in college, it was John Mayer's Born and Raised. Hell yeah, let's Just go! because that really, I was getting more, because we were playing together into the more Americana Roots stuff. Yeah. And that was probably the one album that pulled me into that. So good. Which is also his first album. He went and did that. Yeah. But it's just great songwriting, kind of honest songwriting. It's my favorite John Mayer album. Um, yeah, I just I mean, dude, I go back to it all the time. And it's great pick, dude. That's a fucking great pick. I mean, if if you're a John Mayer fan and you only know the hits, go listen to Born and Race because it's it's this like Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young meets kind of like uh, like Southern California rock meets Grateful Dead meets like Mountains of Montana. It's it's like an amazing yeah, it's record. A beautiful album. Do you have any like? Because now I'm going like. I'll go to, I guess, what I would call my honorable mention, but, like, albums that I'm not putting in chronological order, but other albums that, like, changed the way oh, I, I did things. <laughs> well, I also cool. have a list. We we have a, a big list of people that, uh, before we get into ours, I put up mm-hmm. a poll on the Instagram, and I said, what albums changed your life? Yep. And off the top of my head, um, I remember seeing Van Halen 2, which is, I think, Van Halen's, like, self-titled. Um, I saw... August and Everything After, which I'm pretty sure is the Counting Crows, which is All right. sweet. <laughs> um, I saw, there was like 50 of them. Uh, Mad Men, Across the River, uh, which is Elton John. I saw Frank Ocean, uh, Blonde, which, by the way, great record. I love Frank. Um, he's somebody that definitely influenced me, like, college years. Um, and then I saw, like, I saw some really weird ones, too. And I saw some great bots that got in there and tried to advertise to us through nice. our. Uh, yeah, I love I love Instagram bots, um, but no, the 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 responses from people were amazing. We got like fifty of them, Sweet. and luckily I would look on my phone, but I'm actually looking into my phone, which is recording us right now. <laughs> um, but no, uh, and it made me think about other albums that like, oh, is this it by? Uh, uh, oh, the stroke by the strokes. Yeah, was I was gonna the, do Room on Fire. Room on Fire is great record. Um, I in, in one of the one of the records I'm thinking about when I was a kid. This is 2003. I was in fifth grade. So, um, Jet Get Born came out that oh, year. Oh yeah, well you're an ACDC guy. Yeah, I was like an ACDC guy. I was like a rock and roll kid, and uh, it was the first thing that sounded like that, but modern to me. And yeah. I thought that was so cool. Um, but it also it's such great poppy songwriting, and there were so many hits on that record. But like, is this it? Didn't hit me for some reason. I don't know what it was, and we've talked about this before. The Strokes mm-hmm. were not like that to me. I don't know what it was at the time, and I know because they're such an important band. But like, now I love that record, but it wasn't like a formative record for me. Yeah. But like, I, I mean, I want to give a shout out to like the staple songwriters that like led it to whatever happened in my life but like Springsteen I could pick Born to Run obviously uh, Tom Petty Damn the Torpedoes Bob Seger Night Moves um, but then there's other records like Amy Winehouse Back to Black mm-hmm. completely warped my sense of of like bringing that soul shit in yeah. um, and then I also thought about uh, The Diary of Alicia Keys absolutely warped my brain because mm-hmm. this was such an honest autobiographical record and just incredible like just fucking incredible dude alicia keys because i mean she became so pop such a pop artist and such an icon mm-hmm. but like that first record is just so fucking great yeah. and then what was uh, the come uh, come away with me by Nora jones once again another great vh1 you ought to know artist fine <laughs> i remember finding that but uh just a fucking incredible record and these are all i think piqued my interest in 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 women's voices mm-hmm. as a kid and being like I want to work with that. Like, yeah. I want to... It just piqued my interest so heavily. Um, did you have anything else that you were thinking of? Yeah, I mean, like, one for me, I could have done Hybrid Theory. Yeah. I was going down. I was fifth grade. I bought that and burned that for, like, the next two years. Oh, yeah. Um, in my disc, man. Um, I had Low End Theory, Tribe Called Quest. Yeah, I was going to I was gonna pick Midnight Marauders, but, like... Um, even, like, I'm a big... I fucking love 
Big Whiskey, Drew Crux. Oh, such a great rap. See, I couldn't pick a Dave Matthews album because, like, to me, you, I got his greatest like hits. Right, exactly. Yeah. But I got, I got his greatest hits first, so I got I didn't catch an album, right? So it wasn't like I was like, oh, this is the one that changed. Like I like I love to think of like artists in concept like album concepts, yeah. right? Like I like that's not someone who I I saw him live and I got the greatest hits album and I was like, oh, this shit is dope. <laughs> like, um, but I mean, uh, B by Common, B, another yeah, that like, was up there. Now, once again, this is another like peak Kanye moment to where like Kanye introduced me to Common, which makes no fucking sense because Common had been around no, since so early nineties, like. That's why that album was so important to me. I, but B was amazing. Um, I mean, there's so many current artists that like I, I could point I to. I'm surprised didn't do Mac Miller. I love Mac, and I mean, Mac's another another person that I think it's once again it's so funny. Like representation is such an interesting like topic nowadays because so many more people are, are getting opportunities um, to see people in positions of power that they wouldn't usually see them before and that's why they appreciate those artists so much mm-hmm. and it sounds so weird I'm a fucking white guy like what am I what am I what haven't I seen you know what I mean yeah. but like Mac was like my age making that music and fucking just looked like one of the bo- one of the guys you know what I mean like just looked like some dude that could be living on our couch and uh I think that to me was like that was almost the thing that like now that I think about when people talk about representation in in seeing themselves in different places, yeah. why that's such an important thing, which is why I'm so glad that people are doing the right thing nowadays. Um so Mac, I mean Kids is an amazing album. I, I mean I could go on for hours. Yeah, I mean the, even one as it, I had that first Mute Math album. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And that was the first time I kind of stumbled upon a band from the internet. Yeah. And I was oh, like, wow. oh, now I can kind of, there is ways that you can dig and find great music. That's a really that. cool point. I'm, now I'm thinking of like, when like, uh, like digging around on hip hop blogs and stuff like, that. oh, uh, somebody said, uh, Bastard by Tyler, the creator. Um, I will say, uh, Flower Boy by Tyler influenced the way that I do our artwork now. And the fact that he, Made his al or made his album art look like what the album sounds like, okay. and I will always constantly rack my brain on how I can make what you visually see that we make sound like the music and put you in that world. Mm-hmm. Tyler Tyler's a very influential person on me, and from the perspective of like just the art side, because my music doesn't sound anything like Tyler's music, but like as far as like taking your art to a different place with its visuals matched up with the Having music. it all makes sense. And make it all make sense. Yeah. Ken, you did a great job today, dude. Hey, thanks, man. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so we got Katie Feedy coming up for our interview. We got Max Swan coming on Thursday. That's a solo me and Max episode, and I've been waiting to pick this dude's brain forever. If you don't know Max Swan, you're fucking up, and you need to go listen to that. But uh, we're going to pass it over now to Katie Feedy from You Do You. Ken, anything before we switch it over? Take it easy out there, my... Cheesy Cordia burritos. And that was Stepdad Terry sending us out. Fuck you guys. We love you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, your guest today for the Kill Your Internet podcast. One of our Philly homies. I love doing this because lately we've had a lot of people from around the country on here. Every once in a while, I just want to do my homies. So we got Katie Katie Feeney from You Do You on here. Dude, Uh what the fuck is up? Yeah, it's so good to see your face. This is I'm already having fun. There you go. <laughs> so this is what's cool. So it's funny because we talk so much shit about the internet on the podcast. We became here friends we are. through the internet. I know. Uh, do you remember the first time that I reached out to you? I no, I was trying to like go all the way back. I was like, it's gonna come up. Like, when right. did we first creepily meet on the so internet? Th- this is what happened. <laughs> um, I was driving home from the studio and I was listening to WXPN. Oh yeah, that's what it was. And you yeah. messaged us and you were like, this song just came on. Yo, it's fire. I'm and I was straight- with the guys and I was like, ah. 
dude, you know? up. so this is what happened. I was driving home from the studio and I, I moved from, I was listening to the Sixers and then I moved over to XPN and I thought at first it was the Tedeschi Trucks Band. And I was like, whoa, ah. whoa, whoa, what the fuck is this? And they were like, this is You Do You from Philadelphia. And I went right on to Instagram. That's awesome. I, I love to do this shit. Like, I just love to, like, be like, reach out and just be like, yo, this shit is unbelievable. And that's exactly what I was like, dude, this shit is so good. Like, and you like, you guys were just like, thank you. And I was like, no, for real, this shit is unbelievable. No, and honest to God, I think I might have typed back, like, oh, thanks, Rad Band. But like, inside, <laughs> I was crying. Like, literally, I was with my guys and I was like, you know, I get so frustrated. And I, you know, they Yo. listen to me get so frustrated and I get so weighed down by it all. So, like, one person reaching out, especially when it's a person you look up to, you know what I mean? Like, dude, I've been no. following you guys for a while and it was kind of like, Oh, like I know exactly who you are. You know, like now you guys Yo. know who we are. That's awesome. And like, the coolest I'm thing so is, psyched, you know? not only did yeah. I fall in love with the music, but I fucking love you guys. Music's <laughs> amazing. And during quarantine, we've actually gotten the opportunity to kick back like demos to each other and stuff. I like know that. it's it's been rad establishing this friendship with you guys. And I just gotta say, like, gratitude's been my thing lately. And I I got it. I can't not start this with first expressing that gratitude for for just reaching out Dude. to say that you liked the music because yeah. like people people don't do that. People don't always do that. People aren't crazy like me and you. <laughs> no, I know they should be though. <laughs> this is why we clicked. I think like through the internet. And then like Erica and I had some mutual friends. And like Yo. she's in South Philly, and so that was a quick connection too. And I told when Erica came, you were coming on. Well, that's how I met her, to because she came to drop off my Fox Trot. Oh ticket. yeah, I forgot about that. But like I said, the only reason I met her, yeah. I was like, "Yo, Katie's doing it this week," and she was like, "Fuck yes, let's go." Oh, I like because you know, female vocalists we gotta stick together, and Yo. she's a badass. She's a she's a badass. For so. those of you who don't know, you do you yet? Please go check it out because yeah, I'm please. telling you right now. What, <laughs> Katie is, I actually was in the studio the, the other day with our engineer, Eric, and we were doing pre-production for one of the new songs. And I've already asked you about this. I want you to sing a third-part harmony on something. Oh, I, on I this love group. that. Yo, and we just got yeah, the- please. I'm going to do yeah. it on this mic. <laughs> we're going to make that shit happen because this song is fucking sick. Um, so, all right. So, let's let's start this out because I want to go- Yeah, let, let's quit kissing each other's asses and yeah, talk about how much we love each other's here. music because we'll get to that later again i'm sure we had, a, we had a conversation earlier today about something that we're gonna have a slight argument about later in the podcast but yes. i'm gonna start out on a positive note we're gonna do a quick history <laughs> i found out today you're you're from jersey i'm not from new jersey but i did live there for three years where are you uh, from I'm from Erie, Pennsylvania. What? So, uh, yeah, mistake on the like other side of the state, like nine hour drive. No, yeah. I'm it's seven hour no, drive. But people forget about how fucking wide. It's so is. far. I can get to Virginia in the same amount of time I can get to like my hometown. But yeah, no, I, I grew up in Erie, PA. I went to Penn State, so I just like slowly moved to the shore and then back moving, into Philly. Yeah. Where were you in Jersey? It's like uh, I was in Seabright, New Jersey, which okay. is a fun little shore town, just like. Uh, uh maybe like 20 minutes north of like asbury park long oh, ranch belmar is like 30 minutes away yeah, yeah, yeah. um so like right out of college i i did americorps i ended up on the jersey shore and i was oh, you know sweet. i was blonde i was blonde i was tan i was like you were blonde i was bleach blonde what? i was so tan i know i was a different person and uh i i was the only we'll get to this later right but i was the only new jersey resident who didn't get to meet Bruce Springsteen, I swear to God, because he used to come to my restaurant all the time. What's, the, like point the, only of, what's the point of being in New Jersey if you don't have some sort of relationship with the boss? Listen, like people would be like, oh, I was playing a show at the Stone Pony and he just like, 
just like rolled up to watch my band or like rolled up to watch Spoon or like, you know what I mean? It's just like, I, I never got to be there when he was there, but- This is not yeah, a so joke. I if that happened to me, I would probably, I've said this numerous times, but if, if Bruce ever just wandered in somewhere where I was, I'd just kill myself after. That's the end of my he, life. Like I've already topped out. He literally, he, so like I have two different stories about two different Jersey guys, right? So, mm. I, I mean, that's why New Jersey has a place in my heart and occasionally yeah, I'll slip it. I'll slip into a Jersey accent, but I'm not, I'm not from there. I got to clarify that. Right. But like, there you go. Uh, both Bon Jovi and Springsteen would come to the restaurant that I worked at, which was McLoon's Rum Runners. And it was on the Sweet. water. It's really nice. And, uh, you know, Bon Jovi was known for walking out without paying his tab and expecting it to be covered. What? And, and Bruce was known for ordering a coffee and leaving a $500 tip. You know what I mean? Like, is that kind of guy. Yo, so, be, yeah, careful, yeah. be careful, though, because Bon Jovi's my boy. We opened for Bon Jovi <laughs> two years ago. That's my home. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, Wells Fargo Center. He was actually cool as fuck, too. He actually clowned us. We were like, it was before the set. We were about to go on stage, and uh, his manager was <laughs> like, yo, Bon Jovi wants to meet you. And I was like, okay. And, uh, <laughs> All right, yeah. You just <laughs> yo, we stood, out, we stood outside of his dressing room for like a half an hour. Like we're like waiting to go on stage at 20,000 people. And I'm like sweating and he walks out and he just, he looks us, he walks, there's five of us standing there and he just starts going like looking at us and we're like, what the fuck is he doing? He was like, nah, I'm just fucking with you. Do what's up. He was really cool. But now he's not good. Oh, that's good. All members of the service industry. No, that's right? good to hear. Yeah. Yo, um, all right. So another question. So is your husband in you do you? He is, yeah. He's he's does not want to be on the interview ever. So. Can I ask you a question? This is a real this is a real thing because mm -hmm. I am too a married guy. Um, yes. What's it like to be in a band with someone you're married to? Oh, I mean, we definitely go at each other sometimes, and like it can transfer into. It doesn't happen often, you yeah. know. But like, there's been times in band practice where people are like. Oh shit! Back Give up. them a minute. I'm like, well, you should have written out the chords for him so that he would oh, know the chords no. of the song, so that we wouldn't be arguing about them right now. You're like, yeah. so we have our moments. You, know? you should have took the fucking trash out too. Dude. Yeah. See, the thing is, like, and while you're at it, scoop the poop because it smells down. You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like for us, yeah, like because I, I couldn't. But it also doing, works because we're a good team. Like he, I'm me. I'm like you know, I'm like this, and yeah. like Drew is like, uh, you know, he he he's got like a, his entire he's a human jukebox like he knows every chord or weird chords that don't like it, he's the he's like really the brains behind like our sound for sure i mean i definitely am like i hate that i like that we're doing this we're doing this or i'll like on a stuff to people and i'm like and it goes like this like ba -da -ba -ba -da -da -da. <laughs> i'm that guy you know? and then drew takes that and it's like c minor seven sharp five ten four you know so like uh, I'm, a, I'm a mix team in that way. Yeah. I'm a mixture of both you guys where I'll just scat things to people and then I'll figure it out. But it's weird because I've never, because <laughs> Erica is actually our touring keyboard player is Shane, who's her boyfriend. And okay. They, I didn't know that. That's yeah, funny. no, and they, yeah, the more you know, dude, you're going to learn a lot today. Um, <laughs> but like, I couldn't imagine because my, my wife isn't musical. She doesn't, she doesn't play any instruments or anything like that. It's, it's, I would be interested to see how that would work out. The one thing me and Dana have always known though is that we could never work together. Couldn't do it. <laughs> it's just too much contact there's just too much going on all right so i'm moving past the history here we're doing this for the first time you're the first guest we're gonna have do this and oh, okay this is 10 rapid fire questions so mm. i'm just gonna give you babe it's either a this or that or like uh a little thing about yourself but we're gonna start this so i don't know how the fuck this is gonna go so, okay me neither <laughs> all right question one pork roll or scrapple oh uh mm, mm. Ooh. 
I, if I had to pick pork roll, can I just pick bacon? Can I pick bacon? Sure, you can cheat the game. You fuck the whole game. Up. <laughs> no. See, okay. You shouldn't have done that. You already, right. already messed it up. All right. Question two, and this is two. the the all time corniest question of all time. But Beatles or Stones? Oh, Beatles. Yeah. Oh, I'm a Stones guy. Mm. Mm. I mean, I like. Mm, mm. I just, I grew up, I grew up on a Stones. I grew, see, I would have thought you were a Stones person because I you, like them both. You I have mean, that, such a bluesy, fucking soulful uh, edge. I thought that was more of a Stones side. You know, I've done a bunch of Beatles cover shows, so that's gotten like it's gotten it a little place in my heart. It's also my okay. dad. I'd say See, that's he, what it is. If my you dad, asked my dad, he'd pick the Beatles. So I had more of that growing up. I grew up with the Stones. My dad, my dad, legitimately told me the Beatles were for pussies growing up. My dad, <laughs> <laughs> my dad was not a Beatles guy. My, I did not discover the Beatles until like I was like of age. <laughs> All right, here we go. Question three. Question three. All, All right, right, what's your biggest weird fear or pet peeve? Oh, I hate clowns. Really? I really hate clowns. Yeah, like terrified, like not joking around. Like, don't, don't fuck with me. I don't fuck with clowns. All right, then we're going to tell the clown that's in there. And I, like, my camera goes down. I'm like, Dude, you know what? over. You know what mine is? <laughs> I hate the sound of people eating apples. That's my weirdest mm -hmm. thing. Fucking apples God. specifically? or Apples. I hate the sound of people chewing. Because chewing, that's the thing. I specifically, there was a time in college, this girl sat behind me for an entire semester and every day would bring an apple in and she would chew in my fucking ear. And until one day I just turned around, and I was like, please. You're like, listen, Johnny Appleseed, knock it off. Oh my God. The Northeast Philly came at me so fast. I was like, yeah, can you fucking <laughs> stop that shit, please. All right, here we go. Question four. This is a tough one, I think, for you. Oh Steve, boy. All right. Steven Tyler or Robert Plant? Oh, Robert Plant. I mean, that's where Roberta Faceplant comes from. I knew that. I knew that. It's like a play on words. Yeah. Right. I used to have a Led Zeppelin cover band too, like what? way back in the day. Yeah. I got to bring it back. Well, when, when. <laughs> Are you involved in Aramingo Smith? Or Ar no. Ar 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 dude. I, so for that, that's. That's Allie Wadsworth. That's right. Yeah. Cause I, dude, I fucking. I'll take that comparison though. Yo, that is the, <laughs> that is the fucking greatest. I, yo, for, I am a true believer. Aerosmith is one of the most underrated bands of all time i'm 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 a zeppelin guy first i'm, I'm yeah. Robert playing too but fucking why does aerosmith just get like written off as like this kind of cheesy like 80s band when they were just badass in the 70s i guess i guess it's maybe because like steven tyler's so silly yeah that's know? true he looks like a drunk <laughs> at this point. all right hold on here we go what is your favorite comfort movie like your movie you can watch over and over and over and over again oh almost famous Oh, it's a great movie. That's a good pick. Yeah. Mine's That's like my feel good, like, ah, happy like you, again. You like know? you come home on a Sunday and it's on TNT. You just like throw it on. It's got to be on. Or like, Every honestly, day. I like, I really like uh, uh, mob movies. So Me like too. Scarface would be another one. Like okay, I can watch Scarface pick. anytime. Damn, <laughs> there's a couple opposite picks right there. Uh, I love on. when I love when the people get killed. It just relaxes me. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you know, when they fucking drop that guy up in the shower. I'm like, I like when they feed him to the tiger. Okay. All right, here we go. Here's another one. This is a good question. <laughs> the artist you hate that everyone else loves, like someone that like is universal. Oh, there's so many. Okay. See, I, all right, so you go first, and I'll give mine. Uh, like a major, the most major artist that I hate that everyone loves is Taylor Swift. Me too. I fucking hate Taylor Swift. Yeah. All right. So I'll go with one of mine. You then you go for another one. All I right. have a weird, this makes no sense because I should love this band because they write great poppy choruses. I hate the cars and I have no idea why. Because the cars are great. I fucking hate the cars. I don't know why. 
<laughs> All right, so go for another one. What's another one? Oh, man. I'm trying to think of another one that won't get me in any trouble. Let's see. Uh, I had somebody on the podcast earlier this year say they hate Beyonce. Oh, that's not. That's see, not cool. And I actually almost deleted that from the conversation because I, yeah. did, I didn't want anybody on the internet to come and, like, slit my throat. I can't. I, okay. I won't say that I hate. I don't hate this. Oh, okay. Here's someone. I hate Vampire Weekend. Really? Yeah. I love Vampire Weekend. What? <laughs> I think I just got so sick of that A track song. It used to come on first on my iPad every time. Yeah, or my, okay, that makes I, sense. And I was like, stop it. It's like when you have a song that was your ring or like your alarm clock or whatever. And, yeah, like, yeah. Here we go. All right, here we go. Uh, office or Parks and Rec? Oh, wow. They're both so good. Mm. There's one right answer. Oh, no. Oh, fuck. Well, which so, is it? Don't, I don't you know. Gotta tell me. I don't know. Uh, let's say uh, I like. We'll go Parks and Rec. Ah, that's the wrong answer. The ah, you're dead. Did I, I now? You guys aren't seeing this because the podcast, but I just fell into a pit. Of also, knives. here's a funny. I <laughs> am such a gigantic Office fan. I never gave Parks and Rec a chance. I never. I watched random episodes, and I never until quarantine. We just finished it. You it's like it now? It's like not as much. It's like The Office if everybody was on <laughs> Oh, Dahlia. they're definitely – it's definitely, like – I definitely see The Office as inspiring. But it's so, But I'm saying it's, like, The Office where everybody is fucking happy and everything works out great. Like, it's always just, like, everything's so, like, this, like – and I kind of like The Office because it's, like – I like everything. I like Ron Swanson because I love real, Ron. He's real grumpy. Me, me but I like my, The Office, too. The Office, the episode where they do the fun run for rabies, like, never, I could ne- watch that 900 yeah. times. I mean, that's my – that's what we fall asleep to every night in my house. Either, either that <laughs> or uh, – you ever watch New Girl? Yeah, I mean, like, I got, like, halfway through that, and then I was that like, is, shut, shut up, Zoe Deschanel. No, and I know a lot of people say that. <laughs> I don't know why I love that show. But, all right, hold it on. Here we go. It's funny. It's funny. <laughs> Favorite alcoholic beverage? Um, I would say an IPA over a uh, 6% ABV. Let's go. Bell's too hard. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm there for that. That's 7.5. That's a good one. I like, like a, oh my God. Did you know that off the top of your head? Yeah, I was That's bartender. Amazing. Yeah, I bartended amazing. in Center City and it was like a snotty, like a snooty, like a uh, IPA bar. So I know every. Which one? City Tap House at 18th and Arch. Oh, I mean, I knew where that. I used to live downtown. So oh, did you? I, I yeah. So I, yeah. I bartended there for four years. So okay. Um, no, I'm a big, I'm a big IPA guy. I'm as we're, far as, as, far as yeah, liquor, we're IPA people. <laughs> what about liquor? I'm a brown, a bourbon, whiskey. See, uh, we can hang out. This would be good. Yeah, we could drink some drinks. We could. Drink and some you know what the the funny thing is, is that the IPA thing like really started. I got a shout out, uh, my boy Matt Rothstein, who's from uh, Cheers Elephant of the Sweet. band Cheers Elephant yeah. in LA, but he's out in. Cali now, but he's who got us started on this IPA hack. He brought a case of Gubna, which is an Oscar <laughs> Blues. You know that oh, one? Yeah. Ten point two, I think, is the Dude. ABV on that. And I was like, "What's this? I've never had an IPA before." And I was just like, Fucking "Oh, we were on a lake." An and I like, yeah, I like literally like woke up in a hammock, and I was like, "What happened? I was in the water, and now I'm yeah. not." You know, like <laughs> they'll punch, they'll they'll punch you in the face, like you know what I mean. But after that. We made like a friendship vow, like no beers under six percent ABV. Nah, nah but yeah. see that that's not worth it. Our band is split. Like I, I love IPAs, and then my cousin Eric, who's our other guitar player, strictly drinks Killer Lights. He only likes Miller Lite. And that's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hold on, here we go. We got two left. Coffee or tea? Coffee. That's all a day. fucking right answer. That's the only. Seriously, right look at me. I'm like, eh. yeah. Oh, okay. So we're <laughs> the same thing. All right, and then last one, which will lead us into our next conversation: Cardi B or Nicki Minaj? 
Oh, I, why we gotta pit the female rappers against each other, man? This is just Listen, how it has to be for right now. <laughs> I, I have seen, uh, uh, this is gonna be like difficult for me. I am a, I love them both immensely. Okay. I, uh, Nicki Minaj is the queen. She is the queen. Right, right now, I'm, I am, I am enjoying Cardi B more. Yeah, mm. it's taking a step back in the fact she started a family and shit. So, but I will. And say I think she played some things wrong with like letting you know, like I don't know, like yeah, no, I agree. Cardi played that whole feud better in terms of public image, and I, it just showed a bad side and of Nikki I, that I didn't like. I'm a big believer too, as well, that you shouldn't. Um, I don't understand why it always has to be competition between the two. Uh, and it always well, will be. It'll it'll always be a situation where the next female rapper comes up, and for some and reason, let's be real, part of that's to sell records. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Everything you know? in that shit is to sell records. But like, obviously, they threw shoes at each other at the Mecca, so like, yeah. shit did get real at a certain point. I'll, no, I think a, that yeah, yeah. As, Cardi, a per, I, as a person, I'm taking Cardi because I think she's hilarious. Right. Uh, okay. And Nikki, as a, Nikki did Meek dirty. Nikki, Nikki left Meek when Meek was at his lowest point. Meek, Meek rose like a fucking phoenix. <laughs> so I saw Nikki and Meek at the, what is that called now? BB&T? BB&T, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when was that? 2000, when were they dating? 2016? Yeah. It was, it was right it was when they like, they like partially like made it official on stage by like doing, uh, by doing, uh, what song was theirs together? Uh, Not by a heart. Was it by a heart? Yeah. Eyes on anybody, you? Anybody, anybody? Oh, okay. Anybody want to buy a heart? Um, <laughs> and they like kissed at the end and everyone was like, oh, they are together. <laughs> um, and so like, I lived it. I lived it. I loved Nikki and Meek, actually. I, I, I prefer Nikki and Meek than Nikki Perry, but here I, we are. And yo, about I, my life. <laughs> I said this already, yo. So I, I grew up in North, like Northeast Philly. I went to high school in Northeast Philly. Oh, when, can't tell. Just kidding. When I, when I was, uh, <laughs> when I was, uh, when we were freshmen, so this is 2006, right? Meek dropped his first mixtape called Flamers. And okay. everyone in our like, high school bought it at a kiosk at the Franklin Mills Mall. So, like, <laughs> I've been a Meek fan since I was 14, and I'm 28 That's now. Cool. Can you believe Meek's been fucking rapping for 14 No, years? I definitely didn't find out about Meek Bill until I came to Philly. Are you a big hip-hop fan? Like, you I am. All right, cool. Yeah. You know. All right, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this. But the reason why I brought up, <laughs> the only reason I brought up the Cardi-Nikki comparison, now we're moving yes. to questions. <laughs> Yo, you went on a fucking Instagram tirade about people not liking WAP, and I want you to I go. Did. I want you to go and explain your fucking thought process here, because I'm on the same page as you. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. This happens every time a female rapper releases a song putting their sexuality out front. It happens every time since the '80s Ever. till now. Yeah. And every time it's a surprise. Like everyone's shocked that. Like female rappers have sexuality, and it just is so annoying. Like you, know, I rant about the patriarchy all the time. It's one of the things that my husband like. <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna join a support group with like people whose like wives, whose like, wives have are... made them learn about feminism like Ready real to bad. Take down the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you know, like so he's heard me rant. He's I played all these songs for him. He's like, I've never heard most of these songs. So I was just like, well, you were not oh, into shit. rap in sixth grade. So okay, basically, I was just like, I can name off the cuff, you know. Off the top of my head, yeah, like fifteen really raunchy rap songs from like our heyday, and like Ooh. I wrote down my part one, and I'm ready to do a part two it was, exclusive it was here on the podcast. So amazing. Part one, some of the ones, pop, ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. Have none. 
Snoop Dogg, e in Nate Dogg and Warren G. Uh, give me that nut, Easy E. Yep. Uh, we give got me that nut is raunchy as fuck. Uchi Uchi Wally remix with Nas. Oh, yeah. I was in his bodyguard out there rapping about Uchi. Yelly, one hit wonder. Put it in your mouth. Put it in your mouth. Don't know if you remember that. I, I, that one, when that one came up, I was like, oh my God. We, we used to listen to that Dude, all the you, time. And my mom would be like, she would take it away and like re record you, it off. You of put me. one up. It <laughs> cracked me up because I was like, yo, I, I think I learned a lot of things from Ludacris. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Ludacris. Like, and these were all huge. Smashes. What's your fantasy? And I, I had that memorized. And I was like, so I had another friend. I had a, I had a girlfriend from college who, like, you know, uh, I, I sent them out like a WhatsApp and I was like, new Cardi B song at midnight, you know? <laughs> and even my like girlfriends were like clutching their pearls. They're like, well, when are, in our day, like those songs were in singles. And I was like, yes, they were. Yes, they were. So that was part of what really put me over the edge was like, you when, when other you. women get pearl clutchy about women expressing themselves. And I'm just like, I'm sick of it. I'm like, I mean, here's my thing. So many this more. Is, yeah. This is, my, this is my opinion. And I said yeah. this to you through a message today. I said, I think that song <laughs> is fucking hot trash. And I don't think it's hot trash because they're talking about what they're talking about. I just think the song sucks. Well, that yeah, because triplets are, well, we're over that, you know? <laughs> yeah, but the whole point is, once again, I just want to say this too. That song was put out to make money. That was a, that was a, they, that was a record industry being like, all right, let's put them two together and have them say some crazy shit. My thing is, if you're going to get butthurt about that song being out, Ben Shapiro, you fucking pussy. Like, oh, man. Like, did you see him? Did you see him? The best part about that is that he was trying to clown and make a joke and that really he became backfired. a meme. <laughs> All right, so I'll get off my Ben Shapiro rant, but. Um, <laughs> no, I, you can, we can see. <laughs> I am fully in support of being, dude, just put the fucking song out. And if you got a weird thing about it, dude, maybe you should go, I don't know, stop being a virgin. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. Because I'm going to go, the thing is, I couldn't talk shit because I'm going to go listen to Future talk about some disgusting ass bullshit right after that. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've heard more. I'm, and here's the thing, like, place. go for it. Like, everyone should just go for it. Like, and like, we're forgetting all the songs by female rappers who already came down, which I wrote down as a Foxtrot exclusive. Oh, get it. Let's talk through some of those let's right go. now. Okay, ready? Um, getting some by Shauna. You remember that? Yes. I was getting, I was getting some head. Some head. Get, get, getting, getting some, some head. head. I was getting some head. Um, my neck, my back, Kia. Come on. Dude, you remember I said, when you heard that for the first time? The first time I heard <laughs> look, look Back at It by Trina. Look Back at Me by Trina. It's my next Yo, on my list. <laughs> that was that was the first time I was ever like, uh, Oh my god. <laughs> we had a buddy what? we had a buddy of mine in high school who would rap that entire song like front <laughs> to back. And actually the, he would also do that to Itty Bitty Piggy by Nicki Minaj. Oh man, nice. Great moments. All right, continue. So keep keep, keep bringing okay. the seats. Um Suck My Dick by Lil' Kim. <laughs> um and that doesn't even include her special verse on Magic Stick with 50 Cent. You know, uh, Il Nana, Foxy Brown, I'll be, you know, freak like me, Adina Howard. I think Come we've on. we've absolutely proved our point here. I rest my case. <laughs> Which I think my, my whole thing is like, cause like the first time I did listen, I was like, whoa, holy shit. No, I'm, I'm not, not gonna lie. When I listened to what what the first time I was like, and my eerie my eerie accent wants me to say wap. See, <laughs> so bad. Is, my wap. When I saw it, I was like. 
I got a little like because uh, I grew up in a. I was very, like, whoa! I wasn't I, ready for that. I wasn't. I grew, <laughs> I grew up in a very Italian household, and so when I heard WAP, I was like, huh? <laughs> it's like a like. A, oh, <laughs> are they being derogatory <laughs> against I Italians? I was like, I don't know what this ah, is about. <laughs> and then yeah. as, as soon as I as soon as I like as soon as I like heard the first chorus, I was like, oh, that's what it means. But uh, yeah, so you know, I just, we needed to get that off our chest right there. I need you. And like, before we move past it, I just got to say that I hate the edit. I hate wet and gushy. It doesn't uh, even, it's not even the same acronym and it drives me crazy. Yeah, the WAG. First <laughs> of Yeah, it's, it's like, exactly. A song's not called WAG. Is it, okay? worse that, is it worse that that's grosser? The wet it is grosser. I hate it. I'm like, ew, ew. I, I hate that's radio. disgusting. I hate radio <laughs> edits to rap. I, I, I hate it. Yeah. I, it's stupid. Just let do them Do you guys it. have any radio edit songs? Or do you keep uh, it clean? No. So our, I've been wanting to put fuck into a song that I can put on the radio for a while now. And they're, the first song on the EP is called Tell It to the Internet. Yeah. And uh, which, Good by song. the way. I dig like, it. I, I, I we almost called the EP "Kill Your Inter- Internet" and which is the name of the podcast. But I was like, we can't have it be called "Kill Your Internet" and then also have a song called "Tell It to the Internet" because then at that point we're just a fucking like internet band. I'm not gonna be that way. But um, <laughs> the chorus is "fuck off" and "tell it to the internet." And then we went back in because they were like, "Well, oh, you never know. Like this might wind up on the radio." And I was like, "All right, what do you?" So it's yeah. run off and tell it to the internet. But I'm actually yeah. kind of I'm really. It's also a five minute long song with a with a minute long interlude, which is broken down to like 12 bars so there's no way it's going to be on the radio yeah, but five I'm, minutes who's got time for that I, I learned that the hard way <laughs> well first yeah, you guys I'm, our first two singles are like seven minute long so. here's a question because i remember you sending me shit and me being like this is the way i describe what i heard it's like intergalactic psychedelic funk pop majesty that's the way i would put it it's i mean wild keep shit. going yeah. Well, I told you the, the first time you sent me Arrogance of Power, I was like, this sounds like fucking Prince and Blondie had to be. Oh, man. You're the best. No, because I, I, you said. I could learn something from you guys, though, because we got to work more like pop sensibilities into it. You know what I, I, mean? You're, I mean? You're really, you guys nail that shit. Like, well, yeah, you know, I like that I'm a songwriter as well. Like, so I've, yeah. I, I've gotten to work on music where I'm in Nashville and out in LA and shit like that. Like, I, I write poppy shit. So I need, yeah. but I also have a super bluesy background. So, but yeah. the thing is, the guys in the band from time to time, Actually, I don't want to use – I say guys for everything, like, you know what I mean? But, like, Eric is, actually, Eric is actually the one who's, like – we call Erica the foreman. She sits in the corner of the studio with her hands on her chin, and she just goes, no. Then, <laughs> <laughs> she's fucking – she's a boss, dude. I'm telling you, there's nothing that I want more because we actually have on the new – I the love new, that. On the new EP, we actually had Eric – or Brianna Judge, who, by the way, if you nice. don't know Brie, you would fucking love I don't personally, but I, I've heard – you Dude, know, Brie, Brie played the, the guitar part on that record, and then also she sang nice. outro harmonies. Um, nice. but j- just to like, I, I'm a because I think Philly has more talented like women who are just kick ass vocalists than most other places I've ever been. And Hell I actually, yeah. what I was saying to you earlier is that when, when I was in the studio with Eric and he was like, Do you think it needs a third oh, part? Am I even saying that right? You yeah. know, Bogax? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No shit. From the Lola Bean. Get the fuck out of here. He might yeah. not even, like, it might I, it might even be, like, a face thing. If you're, like, Katie Bean, he might be, like, who the fuck is that? But then if I saw him in the street, he'd be, like, yo. Yeah, yeah, well, do you know he has a beard now? <laughs> oh, that's crazy. He has a fucking beard. He has dreadlocks and a beard. But uh, too so, much hair. 
Well, I said to him, I was like, because he was like, I think we need a third part here. And I was like, we do. And I have the perfect person for it. So we're going to start to work on this like ASAP because we're going to I'm go- excited. Yeah, send it over. I got time. I got stew. You know, let's Bet. do it. All right. So Bet. we've gotten past Guam, right? I, I think we covered it. Yeah. I've got- The I've- only thing I do want to say, though, is I don't know if you realize that today that WAP became the first female collaboration in history to debut at number one on the how Hot that, 100. How is that humanly possible that it's taken that long? That's what I'm saying. 93 million U.S. streams, the most of any first week ever. It is, like, unbelievable, because you think about, like, we've had fucking, like, uh, Lady Gaga and Beyonce make shit together. And just, like, like, just throughout history, I'm even saying, like, how the fuck did, like, like Madonna and Paul, like, Paula Abdul never make something to just fucking shut the world down? Like, how did that shit not, not happen? Like, it's amazing to me that, like, being that the music industry, like, you always think of it as, like, an artistic thing. You want, you think they'd be more progressive. But for some reason, it just – it takes longer for some reason, and I don't understand why. Well, yeah, I, no, I agree with you. I think we'd get somewhere faster if we collaborated more together, too. Well, I think, too, we'd get a lot faster if there wasn't as much bureaucratic bullshit in it. And I think you're actually going to start seeing that because more people are way more independent than they used to be. And uh, yeah, you want to talk about burning down the patriarchy. I'm burning down the record industry. <laughs> I know. I had a really good, I had like a consulting call with my buddy, Jesse Lundy. I don't know if you've ever worked with him before. I know he, the name. Uh, works with Point Entertainment, his, his uh, company. He used to book all kinds of cool, he booked us to play the Sly Fox Can Jam where we got to open for the Whalers. Oh, shit, that's like, The best day of my life. Yeah. Um, but I had like a consultant call with him. He's offering like, you know, 50 bucks a pop. Yeah. You, you got stuff you want to, you don't know what to do as an artist right now. I've been in the industry for a long time. Like, hit me up. Yeah. And I was like, talk with him. And I was just like, how do I, how do we build a more equitable industry out of this? He's like, I don't know. It's going to have to take like you guys doing it. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's, and so I'm real, I'm real hooked up on that right now. So we'll have to put our heads together. I'll get Eric involved too. I'm like, how do we build a better industry coming out of this? Cause like, I didn't always feel part of the one that was there before, you know? And like, it was like, there's a lot of closed doors and like, even being a woman, it's harder. I don't know. Of I mean, I, I, I agree with that hundred percent. And I think too, like, all right, so I'll give my perspective because I, yeah. I don't know. I've spent a lot of time in these other cities and I think I've done a lot of groundwork into like just being like, how the fuck do we figure this out as artists? And I've tried the independent record route in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I've tried radio promoters. I've tried different managers. I've tried all this shit. I've gone to different fucking cities. I've sat in meetings just to learn this shit. And what I have learned from experience is that when we just do things ourselves, things get done a lot fucking faster. And motherfuckers like to drag their feet and they like to tell you no because they don't really know what to do. And what I'm learning is I think what you're going to see come out of this is a lot more independent spearheading of like artists just being like, we can do this shit. And there are some doors that are fucking locked because major labels are or they own certain things that they farm their shit through. Yeah. You know what? I think you're about to see. And I, you know what? I, there was a big interview uh, with Steve Stout, who's like a record executive and Russ, who's a rapper who had a big talk and Steve Stout said like on the low Drake is about to fuck the whole music industry up because Drake has one album left and he's going independent. And after that record record labels are about to fucking plummet. Cause everybody like the, the veil is taken off. There's no more, like we need a record label. People are just going to start going independent and the whole shit's just going to fucking change. Let's go. Let's fucking go. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it in, in all aspects of life, cutting the bullshit out as far as God. Uh, I'm in. I'm going to follow your lead, man. You guys are doing a really good job of it. Uh, I, it's inspiring to watch, you know. I'll tell you what, dude. The only thing, the thing that inspires me is to watch everybody else around us doing, doing cool shit. And you guys, 
have been making some fucking incredible music. And the reason why I really I appreciate fell in love that, with, man. the reason I fell in love with your music is because it's fucking real. It's made <laughs> from humans. It's not a formulaic whatever bullshit. My my one thing I want to know with you is has quarantine affected the way that you guys have been creating? Not as much like in a studio setting, but more of like, have you guys changed or like augmented the way that you work together? Like has distance grown a little bit? Are you doing shit through Skype? Are you doing like, what are you doing? We're definitely, uh, we're definitely lucky that we got in the studio. Well, oh my God, by February, I mean, February, 2019. So in February, 2019, we laid down the basic tracks for what's about to be oh, funky. Sweet. Funky Dinos, which will be the the full length concept album that I've promised before the end of this. Dude, I, know, I I remember, yeah. I remember you saying there was a concept <laughs> album coming. It's and it, honestly, the only thing that is holding us back right now is that I need to finish my vocals, and it's been <laughs> like letting the perfect be the enemy of the good kind of thing. Yes, you know, um, I think that I'm used to having um i'm used to having our bass player alex really produce my vocals and that's been one of the big things that's been different for us is that okay you want to get back full circle to like talking about working together as a couple that's one area where i've had to really grow and learn to be a little bit more vulnerable is uh letting drew produce my vocals instead of like a completely outside person yeah um because like i take it when alex is telling me when my bass player is telling me that he wants to hear me sing something differently. I think I take it a little bit differently than yep. when it might be coming from my husband, you know? So like, that's been something for me to learn and just like to to learn that like, no, like I can produce my own vocals and like I can like lay down what I think I want to hear. I think for a long time, I was kind of like, you know, relying on my bandmates as a crutch for what I knew inside that I could do myself. Yeah. So that's, I'd say that's the main thing. We're definitely still keeping up and keeping productive, like, you know, we have, like, the Google Drive and the Zooms. Oh, and, uh, dude, we have them but, all over the place. But right now, I mean, like, it sucks because I, I think right now we're waiting on me and I got to carry it over the finish line. So, yeah, you, know, you know, what I, I got to get it done. It's been hard. I've been, I've, I, I definitely hit a wall, you know, and stuff like this has been good to have because it's like, you know, like, there, what what is the new industry? Like, what can we do to connect and communicate and, like, make art? And, like, it's. I think we're doing it. Yeah. You know, we're figuring it out. Yeah, like in real time. Like, here's, so it's here, cool. Here's one thing I took that was really interesting from what you just said. Because the way you guys do it, because it seems like you kind of stretch your 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 timeline out to where you're like, we, we did this here, and then we do this here. And you, like, you're, you're piecing it a little more. You're taking – we don't do that at This is all. the first time we've done it this way, though. And The we, last we, two records, I rushed, you see, know. But the thing is, I don't know. I was like – release dates here it better be done because i said it would be and after two albums like an album and the ep of that they're like katie no like we're doing this one on our own time and like to be fair it's taken us four years but like right you know like it it i hope that it will be as magnificent as we are envisioning it when it's all done you oh, know sure it will be. which is it's almost there and you've been getting sneak peeks i'll send you some more <laughs> i've loved everything i've heard and i think too like it, it's oh, really- thank you man it's really interesting because like we we've never been we we always hate sitting on music like i like i just like once again like this is another like industry thing i think nothing yeah, but ba- i nothing, had to learn that yeah nothing but bad things happen when you sit around and wait because people want to always tell you like wait for the right opportunity wait for this yeah right now specifically there's no fucking rules at all yeah. and i'm just throwing shit out there i know but, you're so much more positive than me i'm like there's no rules it's scary and you're oh, like no, there's I no rules it. let's go yeah. i've been waiting for this moment because I, in the same perspective i feel like i just learned the rules you know dude but here's the thing that i here's the thing i learned a couple years ago 
So Spotify, <laughs> Spotify specifically changes its rules for like playlist pitching and stuff like that without telling anybody. Mm. So, and it's little things like your shit might not be at the right JPEG for your, uh, your artwork. Uh, and yeah. that disqualifies you. Yeah, we haven't being, had much luck with that. Dude. And I've learned so motherfucking much and it's, it's such a dirty game because they don't, they don't even want you to realize the fact that like you think you're doing something wrong when realistically the major labels own like 93% of the spots on yeah. all the major playlists, which is fucking absolute bullshit. But you know what though? You can sneak your way through and I'm learning that the right way. And I'm going to get nice. to motherfuckers. I really, uh, you're the best man. <laughs> all right. So before we get out of here, we have one more giant conversation. This is going to be That's right. Oh my God. Is, we didn't even get to this yet. Well, you, yeah. you do. You do know that this is like part one, that like you're going to be back on again. Like, Good. Yeah, we didn't get through everything. No, exactly. We need to continue this. But so let's go into this is part of our coronavirus survival guide. Me and Ken did ours early in the episode, but it's going to be three albums that changed your life. So we already talked about ours. So I want you, because you said you have a couple extras, but that's cool. So I do. I want you to list the album, why, and then continue the next one. So start off. Am I going three to one or one to three? I don't even have an order. So whatever works for you. All right. Go through one. They're not even really in order, to be honest with you. I went, like, kind of chronologically. Well, no, cool. that's not even. No, that's a good idea. That's what I did, Chronologically in my life. Go ahead. So what's, so, like, your, what's your earliest? Number one, uh, Michael Jackson, but it's not going to be one that you Ooh. think I might say because – Is it off uh, the wall? No, no, no. I'm, I got to go with Dangerous. Oh, interesting. Because, because I was in uh, first grade, 1991. Michael Jackson was, like, the son – yeah, he was my son, and like I, there was I was obsessed. Right. You know how you're in grade school and you write out those things that are like, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, what's your favorite music? What's your favorite movie? Michael Jackson. <laughs> Straight, yeah. <laughs> um, and like that album has like, uh, do you remember the time? Like black uh, and white, black and white jam. Yeah. Come in too much. Yeah. And um, that's that's him. It is most like cartoonish in a way. It was he- the first album of michael jackson that like and why i picked it because i didn't pick favorite albums you were very specific albums that changed your your life life. right dangerous was the first time that like michael jackson that was every single genre on one album and like i i think about that and i'm like that is like you do you you know i mean like that's and i know the same way you know what i mean like it's like we're inspired by all these things and like we can't really fit us in one place and i'm like where to like thinking back on it i'm like that album like i was obsessed with it and i played it over and over and over again and he started Fun doing fact. that during bed when he was doing mm-hmm. bed and he had beat it and he had eddie van halen play the fucking guitar on that yeah he was doing this thing that's right when he started to mesh rockin and then like hard funk and then yeah. like hip-hop and like all that comes together on dangerous in a way that i think really shaped how i think, I, I think prince pushed him to do that because prince oh yeah because Prince was the, like, Prince is the goat. Prince is mm. on a different God level. And but he like, did all kinds of things behind, pulling strings behind the scenes that we're not even beginning to know, you know? Absolutely. Just finding out from people. Just the fucking man. But continue. But, so, Michael Jackson. But, yeah, so, Michael Jackson, uh, and, like, honest to God, uh, I was so obsessed with Michael Jackson that I, uh, the the Buffalo Bills hosted the Super Bowl for several years in there, and Michael Jackson performed at that '93, I think, yes. Super Bowl. Yeah. I uh, they came to the different towns around there, so they came to Erie oh, to audition what? children for the halftime show. So I actually I remember to, I, seeing that video. I went to like a full day audition and was not chosen oh. for, to be part of Michael Jackson's Heal the World halftime show, but I had to learn like the whole choreography and like. <laughs> oh, these have that memory, remember? He wasn't there, but like people talent scouts were there and they picked like four kids from they it wasn't like 
you know, I didn't, they picked like the smallest, cutest kids. I've been this size since I was like seven, <laughs> you know, so like, they're like, you're an adult. Okay. So uh, Michael Jackson Dangerous, I'm going to go with the first one. Number one. Um, and then after that, I had to think really hard because my first list, I was like, there's no female people on here, which I was like, that's messed up. So I had to go back and really think. I was like, what's an album that like really impacted me? And the uh, Fiona Apple title. Um, that, see, now you and Eric could probably write a fucking dissertation on this because that's Erica's like sun in the moon. You know what I mean? Oh, like, really? Yeah. Like, and I mean, honestly, like, uh, fetch the bolt cutters that just came. I played that to death, the one that she released in like oh April. Like, it was brilliant. I heard Shamika. Brilliant. And I heard Shamika and I lost my mind because that fucking record is so brilliant. Good. So good. But like, that was the first time that I really, because like kids teased me for my voice when I was little and they're like, are you a man? You know, what? like, because like, I have a very low singing voice. But that was the first time that I realized I'm like, oh, I can like, like she sings so it's so beautiful in those golden like notes favorite. down there so like it, i listened to that i tried to do it and i was like oh like this is a really comfortable place for me down here yeah um like i can sing i can sing just as low as my husband he can sing higher than me because he's a maniac but See, like that's, that's fiona, fiona taught me the low notes you know? i can't do low notes because I, I get pitchy <laughs> when i go low Erica, on the other hand, likes to sing in a lower. But I feel better when I go up. Eric hates going up, so it's kind of. I've noticed that about you guys. That's one of the reasons I like her too. Is I was like, she's like me. Like sometimes she's the low lowest harmony, she and there's boys it. singing around her, and I love it. You know. Yeah. So um, Fiona, and then so Fiona Apple. What about Fiona Apple? Um. Oh gosh. Well, I had Criminal on it. I don't know if you remember that. Like music videos, like iconic '90s. I was in like sixth grade, and I was Listen, just, like, yo, on Fiona uh, Apple. And then she did that like award accepted speech, and she was for, just a badass. She was just like, yeah, like, and so I, that kind of got me started into like music as speech and like music as like expression, yeah. you know, um, in addition to her vocals. So, like, that's another, yeah, it was like kind of a foray into storytelling. Um, that's a good point, you know, which some other people cemented up later on in my, in my, so this is where it gets hard because my three and my four are really, are really close. And what's I know your gut, what's your gut you're tell you? What's your gut tell you? Like, you're going to like one of them more than the other one, probably. No, go so, ahead. Um, okay, so it's really by three and four. Uh, I'm going to switch it just for you. I'm going to switch uh, it right now just for you. What, what do you got? And uh, uh, greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey. <laughs> Let's go. That was on my list of my top three. Me and Bruce Warren did it last week. We did the top three Bruce albums. And, yes. And greetings, Good. Was, was, greetings was number three for me because it – greetings. So greetings is, is I just love it. Greetings it taught is, me about storytelling and songwriting yes. and honesty and uh, like I imagery and like what's so um, cool about greetings it's heart wrenching. Is it, it's yeah. Bruce at his most over the top like uh, exorbitant like songwriting. Like he's trying to put fifteen words where there should be one. Like yeah, he, he's trying he to figure it out. <laughs> he doesn't describe something as a one thing. It's like a something something. I something, like something, it though. Thing. I like it because, like, I know that he, of course, gained more pop sensibilities as he grew, right? Yeah. And there's something so raw about that that first album. And it really, like, when I moved to New Jersey is when I really, like, got obsessed with Bruce Springsteen. Right. Um, so this would have been, like, you know, 2006 through 2008, right before I moved to Philly. And, uh, yeah, I was, like, I was just, like, I played that album to death. That was, like, like he over and over and over. Every queen of Arkansas. <laughs> he, wanted, he wanted to be, like, fucking, like, John Steinbeck. He wanted to be, like, like a, like a Greenwich Village. Yeah, it was definitely his, like, throw, like, his oh, transcendentalism, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, I love it. So I eat that up. So that was, it, it was, so I switched what's that the right at the end yeah, with, uh, with uh, Pink Floyd Animals, which 
which of course okay. I'm obsessed with because well, you're in a Pink Floyd cover band, aren't you? I, yeah, me and Vince, uh, who's my bandmate from UD, so that, started. That's the Pink what Floyd I got confused band. with Aramingo Smith and the Pink Floyd cover band. I got them yeah. two mixed up. Yeah. Yeah, so we started that just because I was like, I'm so obsessed with animals. I want to cover animals start to finish. Like, no one does that. Like, Pink Floyd barely even, or not, I mean, not like they perform together. But, yeah, like, Roger Waters anymore. barely. Roger it's Waters it. doesn't do it. David Gilmore doesn't do it. Like, neither of them do all of those songs together. Like, I want to do the animals start to finish. If either of those two could be in the same room as each other without fucking <laughs> murdering the other one, I'm sure. That they I know. Would. God, can't we just hope? But uh, they, so that's how it started. And like, I mean, that album for me was. And the reason that I picked that too is like, you know, uh, like you do use songs get, when people listen to the lyrics, my bandmates sometimes are like, oh, I didn't know you were saying that in our song. And I'm like, well, okay, <laughs> I am. You know, like I, we yeah, there's, I mean, especially on the new Funky Dino stuff, like I just like, there's no holds barred. Like I'm really like getting political and I don't care. It's like, I don't care if I hurt your feelings. And like, I feel like that's where I got that from is like Pink Floyd. I'm like, wow. Do like, you, I'm do like you, you can have this rocking song that's still like, speaks truth to power and like expresses like some larger point. So I'd say between Springsteen and Floyd, like they both kind of influenced my songwriting substantially. It's weird. I've never felt the, because I have, I have very concrete like political views and I'm, I'm very active. Like if you want to have a conversation, like I'm very like, I love to converse politically. I think it's like, a, yeah. it's the most important thing that we as Americans can do. Cause I don't think it gets done enough specifically today. Cause everything yeah. is either this or that it's either black or white. It's either fucking red or blue. It's either left or right, whatever yeah. it is. But I've never in my life ever felt the impetus as a songwriter to get political. And I think the closest thing I ever did was probably tell it to the internet to where I said, yeah. that, that was me more like commenting on the kind of polarization. It's more, right. like, I don't believe anything anybody's saying online because I don't think anybody really means what they're saying because they just want to either be on this side or that side. But like for you, like, are, do you feel yourself becoming more and more, you know, open about that kind of shit as a lyricist? It's more like I have to get it out. Like I'm Understood. so angry, yeah. you know what I mean? And I, I, uh, similar to, you know like it's similar to the message like you're talking about like it's kind of some of it's tongue-in-cheek you know some yeah. of them just like oh you know every like even in, in arrogance of power like it's very just like you know like why would you stop having power shit. when it's so great and everything's going great for you you know what i mean like so it's like you don't and i tried this is something i learned from hollow notes too is like Ooh. you can you can do that but make it something that's more accessible for people you know yeah. what i mean so like yeah, i have I some other that. you know like there's some other songs on our older records that like to me, I'm I'm speaking to like President Obama for not enforcing <laughs> environmental regulations, but the song okay. is just like like it could be written to an ex lover, or it could be interpreted as like a love That's song or like a breakup like song. To, I, you know, never, see the thing I really do like. So about I'm the, just learning that. You know, the thing I do like. That's the way, hard. The way you write songs, and it's something that like my, one of our producers, Dave, has always gotten on me about, is he doesn't want me to be as poetic. He wants me to be more direct. And mm. more in the same way that I think Bruce went from being someone who tried to cram right from bring flowery to being you know to where um and then nowadays I try and boil yeah. things down much more directly. But I will say I think the reason why I don't write more politically is because I am so burnt out from the constant bombarding of both of the sides. And the thing is, I try and I try I don't try and listen to one. And I'm not saying like I sit around and like watch Fox News and CNN and like yeah. try and absorb them both, but like I like to listen to even if I don't agree with people on the right necessarily, I like to listen to them and un try and understand their argument and then try to de like diffuse it and understand why they think that way. But I am so fucking numb to everything right now because I just first off we didn't even talk about this. We talked about it earlier in the podcast, but like 
I have like such a hard time like believing people nowadays. Like, I don't like. I can't listen to obviously our president talk because I don't think he really yeah. knows what he's talking about. But like at the same time, like I thought it was weird today. Did you see Cardi B and Joe Biden had like a town hall type of a thing? They had like a long conversation. Wait, they did today. I didn't see and that. To me, like it's so weird. Like I was just like, because she endorsed Bernie, and that was one of the reasons I was like, well, yeah, yeah, Cardi. But <laughs> even, even more than that, I'm like. Do you think Joe Biden really gives a shit about what Cardi B has to say? Oh, like, or, no. do you, or do you think this is just a, a photo op? So, like, I think I'm even, like, I'm so fucking, like, like hyper-vigilant of being, like, I just don't believe in what the fuck it is that you're talking about. So, like, I, I'm burnt is what I'm no, talking about. No, I know what you mean. I'm and so I, burnt. And yeah. I, think, I give you credit for being able to, st- like, stick to it and be, like, okay, this is oh, what Oh, if I'm it doing. makes you feel better, like, this is me being kind of burned out about it because, like, I used to be far more involved in it like uh, i used to do like political organizing i used oh, that's to, awesome like, i didn't know that yeah i used to i used to do uh like environmental organizing and community organizing for really? years so i think that's where like the that's where it comes up in my songwriting because i'm just like i i'm like you i'm like i'm disillusioned and i'm exasperated and i couldn't work in that world anymore and i i was like i can still communicate about it though you know what I mean i can still like make art about that experience of like you know, beating your head against the wall yeah. of some mad buggers wall to yeah, that, quote Pink really, Floyd, you know? That's really fucking cool. Oh. I did not know that. That's where me. it comes from. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Shit. I spent See. like, for like, for like six years, I worked on like environmental issues and global warming and trying to like uh, coordinate like eight different environmental groups across the state to all have the same message to work on federal legislation together. And, like, I think that's so cool though because <laughs> I believe you because you've put your time and your money where your mouth is. So like, yeah. Like, that's just my whole thing. And I think it's, once again, this is my disillusionment with the internet to where, like, I'm so, I just want to, like, I crave authenticity. I crave, like, I want people who really mean what they say. And uh, the thing is, I found, like, especially through everything that's gone on, like, during quarantine between, like, the death of George Floyd and then gone on subsequently, like, I've seen some people who really put their fucking money where their mouth is. And I think that's so fucking dope. And I love that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, part of what's our job as artists you know what i mean like part yeah. of it is to give people relief and pleasure possibly yeah. and you know um taking them to another place and taking them away from their worries and then the other part of it is making them confront it head on you know what i mean it's like what do you want to do today <laughs> i think i think more, more i think it might be almost like um i don't know if it's like a maybe it's maybe it's from how i grew up or whatever it is or maybe it's just because i've lived here forever but like i there's a certain part of me that like i just don't i've never been a big like it always makes me kind of seem like a middleman in in a certain perspective because i'm never pointing a finger one way or the other because i always Mm -hmm. i i just never feel like i know any better than anybody else you know what i mean i like to listen and then have a conversation but i'm i have a really hard time listen <laughs> I, but I, I have a hard t- like i will tell you you're wrong we're having a conversation but i'd rather converse rather than you know grandstand i'm, I'm not a grandstander and I, I think it's been such a hard thing for me like in this perspective because i want to understand everybody's point of view but right now it just feels like everybody's screaming at each other and i like i just like that's been the hardest thing and i, I wish i could channel it i yeah. wish i could channel what i'm trying to say and into I, art. well right and that's the hard part i mean that's what you don't need to know how to do that and i think that's that's what we're figuring out right it's like how do you channel those emotions and how do you how do you take these relevant things and put them into art and i don't even know if i'm doing it like authentically sometimes like i can you know like you can only do sometimes like even arrogance power i'm like is this too like is this like 
I had those thoughts and those moments where I'm just you like, you know what I mean though? Like, right I, I have those thoughts. Me, like, all is this time. disingenuous? You know, like, should I even go there? You know, that, that's so, like, you're not, thing. yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, like, and I think that, um, I think that like the best music and art does a little bit of both, you know, yes, like kind of agree with that 100%. People where they're at and fosters the discussion as opposed to any kind of, you know, forcing it. You're never going to force something down someone's throat. Like, you, it, the best thing you can do is listen and try to, try to, Everyone's human. Everyone has their own backstories and places they come from for their opinions. So all you can do is listen and try to understand people. I remember John, John Mayer wrote a song called Belief that I really like. I just, I'm a big John Mayer fan. I know he, that's kind of a douchey thing. My husband is right there with you. So Where, you guys could so, start a little club. Yeah. There, there's, a, there's a quick one of the songs that says, Do you think anybody's ever changed their mind because of the words on a sign? Like, they got all stuck in my head, like, in, in certain perspectives of just being like, I am so proud of us as a country for what has happened in the past month or not month. Oh God, fuck, I don't even have a lost track. Where of are we? Right. Yeah. But, exactly, but like, <laughs> I'm so proud of the growth that I've even seen in four years from the perspective of like, to watch people from the beginning of like Colin Kaepernick kneeling in the NFL to from that point, them just shutting everything out. And then now the veil getting lifted off and everybody kind of understanding what there's, what the whole movement is behind so I'm about growth. I like to watch the yeah. way things grow and the way things change. And I think we're really living through history right now. But the one thing I will leave this on is, you know, you said like the con the conversational tone and I have a hard time doing that through music, but I really think through the podcast, like I've had some fucking incredible conversations on here with people just trying to figure out like how everybody's feeling about this kind of shit. And that's what I've been really yeah. interested in. And it's just, this is a really cool medium for that because there's long form conversation between artists to where like, I can't get you in three minutes, but I can explain myself in an hour and a half. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, totally. And I feel like that's the only way like both artists and civilization can come to understanding. And, uh, you know, is like the more that we get to hear each other's perspectives and share and be open and have an open heart to listening to it. Like that's how we'll get there. So you're doing the Lord's work, Colin. And I will say this, like, and I, I don't, I don't, I do not want to make it. I do not want to make it sound like I, I am in full support right now. That some people need a swift kick in the ass, and that is what, <laughs> that is what I'm doing. But Katie, this has been fucking fantastic. Yeah, Dude. man, thank you. I've had a great time chatting so here's, with you. This here's what we're gonna. A, here's what we're gonna dream. do. All right, we're, we're gonna print this. It'll be out tomorrow, and then. Cool. I'm going to send you over a demo because Erica just sent me her vocals like an hour ago. So er oh, I'm going to put Erica's vocals into the track, send you yours, and I'm going to point out the parts. For anybody who's listening, whatever, whenever the next part of the record comes yeah, out. Yeah, you'll know. You are a fucking god. Um, oh, thank you, Con. It's been great. Great getting to know you, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, dude. We'll talk soon, all right? All right. Bye-bye, brother. Adios.